Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Right. There we go. Welcome in, guys. It is 6.33, or I am 7.33, we're probably where most of you guys are, which means it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, good friend, co-host, football mind, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing today? Are you starting to get excited for the Senior Bowl? I'm starting to get pretty jealous. I, I am, <clears throat> actually. I was going through it yesterday and, you know, seeing those quarterbacks there. Last year, really the only quarterback, and he didn't really have a name going in. I wrote about, you, you froze up on me just a little bit. Mm. Um you know, I wrote about Mac Jones coming out of the senior bowl is, you know what? This could be a guy that could sneak into the back half of the first round. You know, as I was writing for the Falcons at the time, I was like, you know, this is a, a trade down candidate. If you want to, instead of, you know, spending a four on Justin Fields, you could trade back and and get Mac Fields at 25, you know, and then it all of a sudden it started coming around at, you know, three. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I, I didn't mean that. That was, that was a little bit much. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about the quarterbacks that we like or don't like, well, they're all going to be there. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a fun senior bowl because people love the quarterbacks. They love the they love the prima donnas. Yeah, everybody's going to be there. But uh, Matt Corral, um, right. that's the one guy who's not going to be there. And uh, he's one that I think Pro Football Focus just had a mock draft where Matt Corral into the Broncos at 11. So he's one to keep an eye on. Don't forget about Matt. I know he suffered the uh, high ankle sprain. Not you, Scott, but just the people in general. And keep uh, let me know about my internet. It no, the fact that there's at least one uh, is I'm happy because a lot of times the skill position players, um, and I'll keep going until I see Nick clear up just a little bit. The skill position players aren't necessarily the best players at the senior bowl because it's the, the best skill position players are underclassmen. They come out in three years. Uh, even quarterbacks, if they've registered, even four year quarterbacks are usually fourth year juniors. You rarely get senior quarterbacks. Um, but it was probably smart of these guys. In fact, we're almost positive now it's smart of these guys to not try and compete in that class last year, especially coming after uh, an abbreviated 2020 season where it was all kind of wonky anyway, uh, where they came back, got their extra years, and they're going to make themselves a lot of money for it. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order 
of Broncos tickets. Okay, Scott, I will be right back. Um, would you look at the comments while uh, I read yeah, this? I'll, I'll hold down the fort. And uh, Ethan coming in, he, he's he is across the pond over at uh, 230, uh, 233 in London. Hope you enjoyed the uh, Carabao Cup game yesterday for Chelsea and Spurs. I know I certainly did. Wicked royalty. That feels. I recognize the uh, the 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 picture, but I, that feels like a newer name. You didn't change your name. I noticed Clee happened to change his name. Uh, where you, where <clears throat> Melvin Gordon had a really really heartfelt interview, uh, saying he proved he doesn't know football. Don't read too much into what people say publicly, dude. I, I think what he did, if you, he 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 basically said he was defending Pat Shermer and, you know, and then out of this side of his mouth saying he was frustrated him and Javante have been frustrated with the lack of carries they've been getting. So there's a, uh, I'm not, I'm not too, uh, too worried about Melvin Gordon and his, his knowledge of football. I thought that was, there was three clips that were cut up and put on mile high huddle. Um, and I, I thought he was <clears throat> very heartfelt in all of them. We're, are y'all getting used to this face, this picture, you know, instead of the dual screen? It seems like we've been doing this a little too often lately. Uh, Sunny Days, <clears throat> one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite avatar names here. It's just a good name, Sunny Days. It's uh, sunny out where I am, but cold. Starting to burn off. It's in the 30s here in Georgia. That, that That's chilly. That's That gets real chilly. Uh, I want to say good morning to Claude coming in on Facebook. Morning, fellas. With the, with the double hearts, go Broncos. And thank you for the stars, Claude. And Dave Glassman coming in saying, uh, beat the Chiefs. Yeah, I think uh, no matter what, you know, even if, you know, w- w- so many people that watch the show, we're, we're like-minded a little bit. You know that, you know, there's nothing to play for. A win is actually going to hurt you, you know, but your heart takes over and you say, you know, I, I, I want to win this game. I want to beat the Chiefs. I want to win at home. I'm sick of seeing their smug sons of sons of so's out there. And I want to win. And, and yes, you do. And then after the fact, you'll console yourself by saying, all right, well, at least we're uh, at least we're going to have a higher draft pick. Now, I can get into it with Nick just a little bit. Um, but uh, I have gone, did Nick go and change his sweater? That's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know if Nick changes what it looks like. He's got a backup though. Cause the last one was just the black and gold uh, and, and the script. It didn't have the logo. Now I have looked through the playoff uh, playoff scenarios, the, the draft scenarios. I don't even know what the playoff scenarios are. Broncos and Falcons are in the tens, not in the twenties. So I don't even know who is up for what in the playoffs that I'm, 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 I'm slumming down here with our team. So what I do know is I actually predict the the Broncos to come out of this with a number ten pick. Um, the the Falcons at number nine, losing to the to the to the Saints, and the Broncos at number ten, losing to uh, the Chiefs. Now, I like the Falcons' chances of beating the Saints a little bit better than I like the Broncos' chances of beating the Chiefs. So that could put the 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 Broncos up another spot to nine, and then the game to watch. On on um, Sunday afternoon, at the the one o'clock game, the early game would be the Vikings and Bears. If the Bears win that game and beat the Vikings, you could jump to the nine spot. And then if the Falcons win, you could jump all the way to the eight spot. I think is about as high as you can get. Uh, Broncos can get all the way up to number seven. Yeah, um, but the Seahawks aren't beating the Cardinals. But it, it is. It's something something to watch for sure. Yeah, it's just this year has been so wonky that uh, I got to see the outcome of the game to believe it. Uh, not t- talking in absolutes, but also for the Broncos case, you probably want to be cheering for the teams behind them 
to win as well. So that way, if, in case the Broncos do end up winning that game, you don't really have any issues. The one that could be, uh, I guess that Bears Minnesota game will already know the Broncos outcome. So if the Broncos win, you want the Vikings to win as well. If the Broncos lose, you want the Bears to lose. So uh, obviously we'll get there when we get there. Uh, the other games that matter is uh, Cleveland versus Baltimore. You want Cleveland to win and uh, Miami versus I don't even know who Miami plays the top of my head. But you want Miami Patriots? Well, mm-hmm. you want <laughs> you want Miami to win that one. Uh, otherwise, yeah, Miami we were going we were going through that. The strength of schedules are real close. The first tiebreaker and all of those that I, I think, ironically, you know, looking looking at the, the Broncos and the Falcons. If the Broncos win, it actually lowers their strength of schedule. <laughs> yeah. And the, the 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 Dolphins would have to lose, which would strengthen their strength of schedule because it would count as like two wins for their opponents. So I think I think where they are now, uh for for my I don't think Miami's strength of schedule is gonna come in play because there, there's a no. four game swing right there that has to happen. And four games, well, it doesn't sound like a lot when you're talking about, you know. 16 game seasons and all of these teams, but think of it like a batting average. You know, you get 600 at bats in a, in a, in a season, you go two for three, you raise your, you raise your, uh, your average six points. So, you know, when you're talking about thousands, those four wins that would be needed, I think it's going to take the, uh, the, the dolphins and their tiebreaker out of consideration. That's, that's what I think we, we will see. Uh, Miguel, uh, coming in and said, good morning, fellas. I think all these players have too much pride to take a fall. Um, appreciate the stars and always with the coffee. I like the coffee emoji um, coming in. Uh, I would play spoiler and give Kansas City a harder path to the Super Bowl. Uh, it, it's one thing It's one thing to say, okay, this would be good for us. It's another thing. Like I said, your heart's going to take over. When you're watching this game, you're going to be – You're and, and if the Broncos are doing well, you're going to want them to continue to do well. If they're doing poorly, you might get pissed off and just say, just get killed. I don't even care anymore. That might happen. But your emotions will take over in this game and not your logic. Afterwards, the logic will kick in and you will rationalize that a loss was actually good for us. We're, we're in a good position for this. Where it actually affects you, though, Miguel, is in the preparation. It's in the preparation for the game. When – you're in the in the gym putting on a little extra weight or doing an extra wind sprint. You don't do those things as much when your incentive and your motivation and your coach, that type of stuff, that little extra edge that you need at this level wanes a bit. And I think that's where it ends up hurting you the most. Yeah, I mean, guys are thinking about what they're going to be doing for vacations, what's uh, what's happening for the offseason for them, uh, future contract stuff. So, yeah, I bet that's I've heard that from a couple sources that, you know, some players are, you know, they're still preparing for the game, no doubt, but they're starting to think for the door uh, because that's the natural response, especially after I think what Melvin Gordon said, he talked about him being a, a saying this team is a Super Bowl caliber roster. I think there was real belief in that Denver locker room this season uh, with those guys and each other and their schemes and whatnot. And to have that belief and then end up back here, I think is really, it's demotivating. Uh, it is. It is. Yeah. You're, you're, it's, you're going to take a little bit off your preparation. There's a, there's a saying that says uh, that I really, really like it's motivation gets you started. Habit keeps you going. Um, if you're ever in a workout routine or anything like that, or you, you've got a street going of some kind, it's not the motivation. You're not going to be motivated every day. But if you build it into a habit, you're like, man, I've got a streak going. I don't want to break it. I'm going to get out there. This is who I am. This is what I do. When you're not playing for anything anymore, then it's the job. You know, the Mm -hmm. motivation 
and the carrot will get you going and it'll get you to do a little bit extra. Yeah. But when all that's gone, now it's a job. Now I'm yeah. going to do the work. I'm a professional, but I'm not putting forth that extra. I might be at 95% instead of 100. And 5% at this level, it can it can make a big difference. It really can. Margins are thin. Margins are thin. Broncos first in the draft joining us uh, today. $20 super. Thank you so much. You recognize that name. He's changed yeah. it several times as far yeah. as uh, 17 and 0, 16 and 1. It has been a while. So I'm glad you haven't changed your that, that nice sunrise or sunset, depending on which way you're facing over the water. Um, and uh, as always, coming back with, uh, you know, coming in strong uh, with, the, with the super. Appreciate the support. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, title of the show, we're talking about three Broncos starters being put on the IR, and I guess we'll just get that out of the way. The injured reserve list, so effectively ending three Broncos seasons, and for a couple of them, potentially their time in Denver. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been placed on IR with a concussion. Uh, that That's good. I mean, it's not good that he has the concussion, but like they probably should have done that immediately following our, the injury. They are holding out hope, but... Our Monday show after that happened... We said that's what needs to happen after the injury, after he goes head first and goes limp, gets scarred off. We're like, we, we said it. We can go back and look Monday and say, I, I don't want to see him again. I don't want to see him play. If you're Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, maybe, maybe you take that risk. Cause you know, yeah. uh, you know, I thought behind the same thing, going back to a world series and Madison Bumgarner is out there and he's, he's hurting and he's overextending himself and it's a world series. And it's like, well, you know, he's, this, this is why you play the game. And if you can win a world series and you end up, ruining your shoulder and you put 50 million in the bank in a world series ring and got a legend. Okay. I get that. This isn't what this is. This is Teddy Bridgewater and a mediocre Broncos team. Dude, sit out, protect yourself. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and if he's not, doesn't want to protect him from himself and put him yeah. on IR. No, I think that, uh, it was the right call. It's unfortunate that a season ends that way. It's unfortunate that the season went out the way it did, but, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater on IR with a concussion. He's going to get a okay contract after this somewhere, probably as somewhere as a bridge or a spot starter type. He enters the Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor category of quarterbacks in my book, maybe slightly better than those guys too, but still I would say in that category. So we'll see what happens with him going forward. Another Bronco on IR season effectively ending is uh, Dalton Reisner. I guess we can do the Dalton Reisner season in recap right now. I thought he started pretty slowly this season, picked it up a bit. Uh, especially when Quinn Miners came out there and uh, was obviously better when uh, Lloyd Cushenberry was out there. But Dalton Reisner will enter his last year of his contract. He's going to have to play well, otherwise the Broncos need to be looking for a replacement. Yeah, and, and um, again, having the depth there for sure. Reisner, Reisner for all accounts, is a, a good dude. Um, but yeah. I thought he struggled. I said the same thing about Glasgow when he was out there. I thought he was struggling. And again, how much of this is scheme-based? Uh, I, I tend to think that, you know, when you're getting knocked back in the trenches, it's not necessarily scheme based. It makes it harder to run any scheme at that point. But, you know, having we, we talked about fine margins, having that little bit of uncertainty um, about your your belief in this team and the system and your coaches can be enough to knock you back a yard instead of pushing a guy back forward the other yard. So before I'm willing to write guys off or whatnot. As long as I see them putting forth the effort and I know they got the tools, I'm, I'm on their side. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what these guys can do with a little bit of extra help. And speaking of extra help, Shane coming in with some stars. Appreciate you, Shane. He says, how soon do we think we hear about a coaching change coming Sunday or Monday? 
I don't think my, my gut tells me it won't be Sunday. Um, just because it's still the season. It's yeah. still, I mean, I know the Broncos season will be done, but it's still the NFL season. It's a Sunday. You've waited this long. We're going to wait for Monday morning, give everybody the weekend, and then we're going to, we're going to make our changes. So that's, I think it happens, you know, by, you know, noonish on uh, mountain time on, uh, on Monday morning. What do you, what do you think, Nick? I'm not sure. It really depends on when they're going to have their end of season wrap up press conferences. Like if they're doing those all on Sunday, are they going to trot Vic Fangio out there to do those press conferences only to t- fire him the next day? Seems like that would be post game though. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I guess I've never paid attention to that before, but they typically do like a end of season wrap up kind of state of Even the Even if the guy's getting canned. Uh, typically you see from like the owner or Joe Ellis or a GM. Um, mm-hmm. but and I don't remember the Broncos playing on a Saturday before, so they would kind of line up better. So I, if the Broncos do their end of year press conferences kind of stuff, I could see them moving on from Vic Fangio before that, because you're not going to trot him yeah, out there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was saying if, so if they're, I was thinking of their end of year might be on Monday and it might be wrapped in all that announcement. You know, yeah. we've got some news. Um, the season didn't go the way we wanted to, uh, had some things to be proud of. Really happy with this, this class. We've moved on from Vic. Wish him well. He did a lot of great things here. Uh, with him, we'll be going McMahon and Shermer, you know, and, and the whole yeah. bunch. Um, and we wish them well. Uh, we enjoyed having them here. They're the ultimate professionals. Blah, 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 blah. I can write this thing for them. Yeah. Um, but I, I think all that stuff happens Monday afternoon. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think you're right. And uh I don't think they should be back. I don't think a lot of the coaches should be back personally. Uh, I think Vic Fangio still got a good defensive mind. I don't think he is a great manager of people. Uh, I don't think that the players really relate to him as much. And I think this team should probably go a different direction. Just kind of, you know, flush it down. Vic Fangio is going to go off and be a great defensive coordinator somewhere. Then good for him. He's still a great defensive mind, but I think this team needs a new direction. This gosh darn ownership situation. I do think it's a variable just because it's an unknown makes it that much cloudier of what could happen and who really has pull. Um, but I think that's the direction they got to go. And if after the Broncos likely get beat really badly on Saturday versus the chiefs, um, I just, I can't see it keep him. Yeah, I don't, <clears throat> I don't either. There's too much that the chief, the chiefs are a better team. One, they've got the Broncos number two. They've got a lot more to play for three and the Broncos don't want to play for this coach. When did, when did I first say that? Week five? Week six? They don't look like they want to go out and play for this guy? I haven't seen anything change my mind. That was three months ago. You know, three yeah. months ago. So I think, uh, you know, they, 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 the, the, the skill and the talent level might keep it close. Uh, you know, it might not be the 10, but a 10 point. If you're the Denver Broncos and you say, uh, good morning, Chris. Uh, appreciate you being here this morning. And thank you for the stars. Ooh, we got. A big uh, I'm glad. Uh, glad your care package arrived, fellow Braves fan. So, um, and even if you're not, uh, the fact that you wanted to collect a Braves World Series paper is pretty cool to me. But, um, um, and there I see red. I, I I move on. So go go ahead, Nick. Yeah, Ethan coming in. Hundred dollars. Hundred smackaroos. Fire Fangio fund. Hashtag FFF. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean that's. That's where I'm at as well. It's not personal. It's just, I think this team deserves uh, a break to move on. You can get other defensive minds in here. You got to figure out the leadership position first and foremost, and they just don't seem to have that right now. So I think it's it's best for everybody to move on. And if they do keep Fangio, it feels like we're entering 2022 as a 
very much a lame duck season. Yeah, uh, so uh, that's unfortunate. Probably that might be a reality anyway if the quarterback market doesn't break as as you'd hope. Uh, taking any of these rookie quarterbacks probably means 2022 is a, somewhat of a lame duck season. But I think it's time to move on. Clean break. God bless you, Fangio. We'll I, I know where I was saying before Ethan came in here and and, and not blew my train of thought. And thank you very much. The fire Fangio fun. Yeah. Um, was just talking about, you know, the Broncos being able to keep this close against the Chiefs. They're good enough. They're a good enough team to keep this close. Um, and, you know, going back to I, I constantly have thought about we mentioned varsity blues a lot. I don't know if Greg Smith is in here. Aloha, Greg. He <clears> is. If you are. He is. But, you know, that, that Kilmer just hates Moxon, hates him, hates a backup quarterback, hates him. And then when he's forced to go in, he goes, now, remember, son, I'm behind you. Like, oh, yeah, thanks, coach. Appreciate that. How do they go out and win that last game? Moxon says, to hell with this. We're going to run it how we want to run it. I can just damn near picture Drew Locke doing that same thing. To hell with this. We're going one back and four wide. Let's go hoop to oop out here, which was actually five wide receivers. But we're going we're gonna to have some fun with this. So, you know, again, nothing to lose. I think that's what he was writing up on the board last week was Fangio. Uh, you really don't have anything to lose. Fangio's got FU money. You know, yeah. I don't have to work again ever. My kids don't have to work again. Their kids don't ever have to work again. You know, let's uh, let's go out and have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. We got Travis Tarbuck coming in here saying, "Morning, fellas. I know I asked a lot for a lot this off season, but we have cap space. Uh, you know, that's fine to ask for a lot. I think the Broncos would honestly be okay. Are there any positions outside of quarterback that you think the Broncos would be wise to make a big splash investment in? And I'll be honest with you guys, I have not looked at the market yet because the market changes so much." before uh, it actually opens because you have a lot of guys like Charles Leno. Congratulations to him. Broncos tried to bring him in. He said, I'm a left tackle. I'm going to get paid like a left tackle. He just did. Washington football team, I think, paid him three years, $36 million. Um, but some guys are going to get snapped up before. Some guys will be released. But in general, is there a position where on this Broncos roster, outside of quarterback, where you could see them making a, a solid investment this offseason? So let me look because I want to see. My initial reaction on this is if you could get a fire-breathing guard, you know, another interior lineman out there with just a nasty attitude. What does a top guards typically take make? So let me look. I don't think they'll pay a guard while you're looking. I will just say that I think you could they see them paid maybe a pay a guard, dude. Yeah, but I don't think they'll pay another guard. Um, I think you could. Okay, see them. Here, here it is. So uh, Glasgow at number four in the NFL. Again, yeah. they've paid a guard. They're not yeah. going to. They're going to have that Glasgow money. Um, the number five guy's 10 million. 10 million's chump change. You know, yeah. when you're talking about if I could go, because a right tackle at that level is going to cost you double that, you yeah. know? So I, I'd love to go into the draft and, and come out of there with a right tackle of the future. But if I could get a veteran, uh, all pro guard to come in here and really, truly lead this offensive line, even a center for that matter, the old Alex Mack so. move, but an interior lineman to come in here and just, change the mentality of these guys and take Mooty and minors under their wings and, and just move forward. That'd be a lot of fun. I, I think, I think you could make a pretty big impact for not a ton of money uh, on your interior line. I really do. Yeah. The name that comes to mind for me there, I don't, I'm not advocating to spend money on the interior because unless you're changing to a wide zone scheme, uh, then you're going to might have to change personnel a little bit. Uh, but uh, I'd be fine next year with Reisner 
Cushionberry Miners as your trio um, and adding some depth there in the draft because you're going to need somebody to potentially replace Reisner after next season. But the uh, name comes up to me as uh, Ryan Jensen, center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you are bringing in a rookie quarterback, that center, you don't want a young center with a young quarterback mm-hmm. if you can help it. Um, and that's one of the big things that I think was an issue for Drew Locke last season was Lloyd Cushenberry, a rookie with Drew Locke. Uh, so Ryan Jensen would be one that would interest me. I don't know if Tampa Bay is going to have the money to bring him back. Chris Godwin's a free agent. They're going to figure out some of the weapons. So Jensen makes sense to me. I'm looking for an investment on the defensive front. Uh, personally, that's one that makes a lot of sense. If you can plug and play a starter there, uh, Mike Purcell has been a below average player this season. Um, you would, I don't know if you look at the, um, there's a graphic that they put out there once a week from Seth Walder. I think his name Walder. He does a pass rush win rate versus double team uh, rate. And the Broncos I saw have it for edge. I, I did yeah, for edge. The, you know, who looked the worst on there in the entire NFL Malik Reed, Malik Reed. Yep. Malik Reed, Malik been... Reed looked in there. You know, we talk about Shelby Harris, get some stick uh, on this and you know what? I'm willing to give Shelby Harris the benefit of the doubt knowing who he's playing in between. Yeah, you know, if Mike Purcell is a better player, uh, if Malik Reed is a better player, then maybe we maybe we get more out of Shelby Harris. But right now, as an offensive coordinator, as an offensive lineman, I can target Shelby Harris, and I know I can man up the other two guys. Yep. Uh, if I can handle your 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 interior line with one man each, I'm going to be pretty effective against you. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And uh, unfortunately, Jonathan Cooper also has a lower pass rush win rate um, as well. Rookie. So he's you know, a rookie, but rookie. I don't think. I wanted I wanted him getting 15 snaps a game. Yeah, but the perspective, I guess, is more so that I don't want to go into next season with Jonathan Cooper anything besides the first guy off the bench as an edge rusher, personally. Um, so the, the defensive line is a position that makes a lot of sense for me if the Broncos are looking that direction. Uh, other than that, though, I can't. I mean, right tackle makes a lot of sense too. If there's one available, uh, I I would not mind making that investment. Obviously, there's, there's one year left on Grady Jarrett's contract. Make him make an offer. That isn't his money like impossible to move. No, no, okay, it's not. He's only got one year left. I guess it would depend on the scheme. Um, yeah, it, you say scheme, you're 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 not giving Grady Jarrett enough credit for how freaking good he is. He is good. I just have Jarrell Casey bad taste in my mouth. Where a player who is approaching the end of their career uh, on that side of things, and I just don't want to give up too much. I mean, we gave up what I think a. A six-round pick for Jarrell Casey. If if the Falcons want to shed cap and take a six-round pick for Grady Jarrett, okay, there'd I, be a I'm, riot. Yeah, there'd be a riot. Yeah, um, that's he's he's very popular and uh, he's very rightfully good. so. And you rightfully better so. you better get a return. Yeah, uh, you better get a return. But get yeah, if you could answer Shane's question, came yeah, in with some more stars to ask his questions. The twenty-two million left over from this season getting rolled over to next year. Is it a one for one on the on the on the cap? Yeah, when it rolls over, you can roll it over. Um, all the the money. So if is and how much is it? It can't stack because that would I would think the NFLPA would have a problem with that since there's no floor. There is a floor. There's a okay, certain so amount that you have to spend. There is a floor. Spend. Then okay. Yeah. Then, it, then it might be able to stack. Okay. I think it does stack, but there is a certain floor that you have to spend on your roster every year. I think it's like eighty five percent or ninety percent or something of your total salary cap you have to spend. So uh, it can roll over. I would have. I think teams that. Uh, Honestly, like the Jaguars, who did not spend big this offseason, I think that our last offseason, I think that makes sense. You don't want to spend until you're in your window, in my opinion, unless you're trying to evaluate a quarterback. And then I think you can spend around that quarterback to give them the best chance possible. So you have the best read as possible. Eliminate the excuses. Isolate the variable. No, you want you want the free agency again. And what I like about 
about uh, Peyton and this Broncos team is, yeah, there's good players everywhere, but there's nobody for the most part that's irreplaceable. So when you mentioned, you know, where could I go out and make a big splash? Um, I could go number two corner. I could go number two safety. I could go anywhere at edge or linebacker. I could really go anywhere on the defense. You know, if the right guy comes along for the right price, there's, hardly anybody that's that's really untouchable we go over that we flip it over to the offensive side i don't need a receiver yeah. you know i'm okay there i don't really need a tight end i'm okay there. i don't need a running back so what's that what's that leave us well quarterback we've, we've talked quarterback a zillion times we, we always will but for on the offensive side of the ball it's it's who's gonna be the lead dog on uh on on the offensive line is it is it garrett bowles i don't know yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't see it uh and after that you got rookie second year guy uh, you know, I'm not sure, Muti, second or third year guy, and then a, a one year guy uh, at right tackle where you definitely need an upgrade. So uh, on the offensive side of the ball, you can get a beast for under $10 million on the yeah. offensive line. Hey, I think uh, Brandon Scherf's finally going to be a free agent too. Maybe I know you don't need a right guard. Maybe you move right minors to center, but and, I got to get good morning, Michael. Appreciate the stars. Glad you're with us this morning. Yeah. Good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Thank you so much, Michael. Let's uh, let's say hello to some people. I know we got some more stars that I'm are starting to build up here. We can keep going on the uh, injured reserve discussion here. Missing anybody else? Uh, I mean, there's there's lots of guys. <laughs> there's, we got lots of people in here. You know, Dion Green. Welcome, Mr. Boggins. Welcome for coming in. Um, yeah, we can't let go of Malik Reed because he's going to turn. Dion Green. Welcome. Good morning. Coming in. There's 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 lots of folks that are coming in. And to finish on Shane's question, because a 70 million next year for cap room with 22 million rolling over, you can make magic happen with that. Yeah. I mean, $10 million. Once you get past the top five, 10 million will just about get you a top 10 guy at almost any position. I could plug in five guys that are top 10 in position in the NFL. What? You know, you yeah. mean I don't get the quarterback. Uh, that quarterback may cost you 30 of that 70. Yeah. You know? if not. So, uh, and you're hoping it does. Yeah. You're hoping it does. I'll give up half, half. That was an old uh, Eddie Murphy talking about, you know, the the, the divorce. Half. Um, of, I'll give half of that seventy million for the right quarterback, without a doubt. Now I go yeah. spend thirty five, and I can get three guys that are in the. T- and this is before you do any cap shuffling with guys like Glasgow. Yeah. There's another ten that's going to show up right there. Yep. Yeah. Excited. Totally. I tell you, this this is the time of season we like. It totally Playoffs. is. I'm- who cares about playoffs? They're all rigged. Yeah, that's predetermined, right? Somebody said that last uh, Tuesday <laughs> on our show. Uh, yeah, no, I'm getting excited. I'm starting to get excited for the draft. I went through and watched uh, yesterday. I went through and watched every single game of Sam Howell last season, uh, besides North Carolina State. Couldn't find the uh, the cut up of that one. But uh, going through the first viewing of uh, a lot of those games, and you know, there's some stuff there for Sam Howell that I like. He's the youngest quarterback in this draft class too, which so I give him maybe a little bit of a a bump there. Um, he would, he would have to play two more years in college to be where Kenny Pickett is at right now. So we'll see what happens with uh, Sam Howell, who's going to be down there. Stafford but Stafford was like that too. Stafford was a young dude. He was a three-year guy coming out and he yep. was really, really young. Um, really young like that as opposed to, and that's something to watch, you know, in the age of holdbacks, double holdbacks, fifth and six year guys are coming into league at 25 years old. Yeah. Yep. No, it's definitely something to consider. Um, and that's something that really intrigues me with Trey Lance too. I don't know if you've got a chance to watch the 49ers, but I thought Trey Lance looked pretty good in that 49ers game. Um, I've been watching a lot of 
49ers football here recently because there's some talk about Mike McDaniel maybe moving on from uh, San Francisco. He doesn't have play calling duties there. He's the offensive coordinator for San Francisco, and he is a uh, a Denver native. So uh, keep an eye on Mike McDaniel, who has been in that San Francisco team, highly thought of for years and years uh, bringing up there. Look out for him. We got Wyatt coming in here saying, if the Broncos go cornerback in the first round, what happens with Ojemudia? Debt, uh, depth, slot? I thought he played well last season when he was thrown into the fire as a rookie. Uh, I don't think there's such a thing as having enough cornerbacks and cornerbacks are a position where if, even if you have a slight injury, your play drops dramatically. That's why I think cornerback play in general is so variable year to year, even for the same cornerback, because it's so reliant on health. So, uh, Oja Moody in this situation, he becomes the cave on Webster to the no fly zone. Uh, he's your fourth cornerback next season, but that's fine. Uh, Darby has essentially one year left on his deal is easy to get out of after that. And, uh, you want if you want to really build an identity, you want to have those guys. Maybe Ojemudia works on some slot roles, uh, maybe some box work as well. I know they were working him in there as that kind of inside outside piece behind Sertan last year when we were talking about Sertan being a big slot that faded quickly after Darby got hurt and Fuller was not a, lived up to it. But uh, I have no issue with it. Ojemudia should not keep anybody from going early at a position if a position of value like cornerback is the best player on the board on the board. Yeah, you'll you can go through four in a hurry. How quickly do we think about having too many corners this year? And yeah. you know, one doesn't play as well as you think. Kyle Fuller starts off a little slow. Uh, Bryce Callahan picks up an injury. Ojemudia picks up an injury. Now all of a sudden, okay, Darby. well, starting the season, where are we going to play Patrick Sertan? That stuff works itself out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe the one place that that hasn't happened is the the question. That, that I know always kind of got the hair on, on my neck to stand up was, you know, why aren't we using Michael Boone? Like, you're not using the guys you've got, you yeah. know? So, you know, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon weren't getting enough carries. Why why would I take five of their 20 carries away to, yeah. to give to someone else? Uh, yep. But with the cornerbacks, I can find four to put on the field pretty much 25 snaps a game. And one of those guys is getting hurt. It's the NFL. One mm-hmm. of them's going to have a dip in form. It's the NFL. You need six, six of those guys. I can run five out there pretty easy in a dime package uh, with a single safety. Yep. Corners. I'm, 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 again, I, I've said it's turning into a seven-on-seven seven league, so you can't have too many defensive backs. Yep, absolutely. It's such a it's such a valuable position. Also, because of the value of the value of cornerbacks is much like offensive line because the offense dictates the matchup and where the ball goes. So that means that if you have one who's great and can lock down one side of the field, that's awesome. But because the offense, especially good quarterback play can pick the matchup, isolate the matchup. A lot of times you're only as good as the weakest guy. So if you have one guy who is a detriment out there, even surrounded by four, all pros schematically, you can do things to protect them. No doubt. Cause you have mm-hmm. more talent elsewhere, but still good quarterback can find that matchup and pick on it and go back to the world continuously. So you want to have good depth at the cornerback position. Also, it gives you a chance to run coverages that other teams simply can't. No team last season played more man than the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think it's 60%. No other team was above 50% man coverage. If you have a Derek Stingley plus a Patrick Sertan, you are going to be able to man up on the outside, unlike other teams. The other point of that, you know, you start thinking, okay, um, there's one spot, there's only one ball. Okay, so if I've got a weakness in the cornerback position, I can find that guy. I can exploit that guy. Maybe I roll over safety, but that helps us someplace else. But the flip side of that is, you know, how many guys go four deep at wide receiver, you know, where there's the, where their fourth guy is really a a matchup problem, you know, not a ton. So if I can take two lockdown guys like that, you know, Stingley and Sertan, 
holy cow, do I start having options? I start having, I can start bringing pressure with, you know, how come we're not getting more pressure on the quarterback? Well, you, you can't give up coverage because then the pressure doesn't do any good. Yeah. Um, but if I can lock down their top two weapons with one guy each and I've got nine to play with, I'm going to be a pretty good defense. Yep. Yeah. Just draft the best guys. It's really that simple. Obviously. Good morning, Gary. Good, good morning. morning. Hope Gary. you're doing well. Hope the new year is treating well. Appreciate the stars this morning. And Gary's got a new picture too uh, over on Facebook. So shout out to the hashtag new profile pic. Um, looking good, Gary. Uh, yeah. Nope. Cornerback talking, cornerback talking, defensive line. We, uh, how do we get here? That's, I mean, gosh, this makes a lot of sense. We're talking this secondary because Kareem Jackson is the other guy who's been put on season ending mm-hmm. IR. Uh, we know that Vic Fangio said that Kareem has been one of his favorite players of all time. Um, that he's, that he's coached and he has a long career, but Kareem, I think he's going to be 34 years old next year. Uh, played solid this season, but you do have Caden Stearns waiting in the wings. Uh, are you bringing, is this the last we see of uh, Kareem Jackson in Denver? Oh, probably. Um, the way he plays the game, he, he's another one that I'm like, all right, dude, take your money and, and retire. I mean, yeah. 180 pounds soaking wet and he plays like Ronnie Lott. You know, it's just, it doesn't surprise me. I don't know how he can last and I don't know if he has, but I don't know how he can last an 18, you know, an 18 week season, 17 games playing the level that he plays without ratcheting it back a bit. And that's not who he is. That's, that's just, that's not who he is. Now he's transformed himself from a corner to a safety at one point, but you know, yes, I think, let me see where, where where's his number right now. Um, I don't think he's overly expensive, but he's not exactly cheap. He's cheap. The Broncos cut him last year and okay. then uh, let him test the market and brought him back. It might have been for like two and a half million. Um, it was not a lot. Uh, the market was not great for him. And he's somewhat of a limited player because of his age and his decreasing mobility, I would say. Yeah, and word. that's that tells you what. Oh, he's on reserve. I'm looking on active. Yeah. Uh, Kareem Jackson, his cap hit this year was five. Five. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's, I think that's pretty high. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, I, I, I think he is, uh, we mentioned Josie Jewell, so it might sound a little bit like a hypocrite like this, where he said, I, I'd bring Josie Jewell back. One, he's younger. Two, he was, he was playing, I think, at a better level. And, and three, you can only have so many of those guys where you can have mentors back there on a 53-man roster. Uh, if I'm bringing a guy back for his veteran leadership right now on the defense, that slot for me goes to the linebacker. It goes to Josie Jewell. I don't necessarily – I like what Kareem Jackson brings to this team. Um, I like his leadership. I like his fire. You know, we talk about all the time on this pod, I hear these guys never come out and play with any passion. By God, Kareem Jackson does. Yeah, He's the one that I see every single game out there that seems to be giving forth everything and everything he's gotten. It's probably cost him some of his health. I like that. But Father Time comes for us all, comes for us all, and I, I think it, it might be his time. Yeah. And if they bring him back again, it'll probably be for 4 million one year, but with Vic Fangio likely on his way out the door, I will say likely uh, because again, I'm just talking that out there. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but, but you know, we're talking about the matchup problems with receivers, you know, how many guys can go four deep at receiver, you know, the chiefs have, have that many weapons probably right, right in that neighborhood. I, honestly, the chiefs listening but, to but them in general. Don't. Yeah. The Chiefs honestly need some depth at the playmaking position because they they lost Demarcus Demarcus Robinson's going to be gone soon. Mikal Hardman hasn't worked out for them. Uh, they lost Sammy Watkins, so that's a team that actually could use some depth and uh, at the playmaking positions. But uh, you definitely need it. that can extend a play yeah. and do things like that, and make average receivers look very very good. That's where you need to make sure. How do I play the Chiefs better? I improve the edge. 
I gotta get I, I gotta get better than Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper off the edge. I gotta get better yeah. than the Mike Purcell in the middle to help out the edge. I gotta get better up front. That's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna slow down. I don't want to try and get in a coverage war against Patrick Mahomes yeah. because he'll keep a play alive long enough that anybody can get open. You know, it I, I you give me 10 seconds against an NFL defensive back, I could probably get open, you know, yeah. across a 50 yard wide field enough that Patrick Mahomes can find me. You you defend Patrick Mahomes. By getting after Patrick Mahomes, yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a concern. I Broncos need more talent on the edge position, but they also didn't afford themselves defensively the best opportunities on third and long because they were so poor on first and second down against the run this season. So when you're constantly third and one or third and three versus the third and eight, the Broncos pretty much constantly had uh, it's harder for your pass rushers to get home. So there's there's many ways the Broncos can improve their their pass rush next season, uh, multiple avenues that uh, obviously George Payton's going to have to explore. Uh, we got DWI guys coming in saying the chiefs have number one playmaker. They, I'd probably take Devonte Adams right now as the number one. That's playmaker. not what he means. Oh, they mean, he means Mahomes. I think uh, he and, means Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. yeah probably maybe Aaron Rodgers too. Well, Aaron, Mahomes, but, I, yeah. I think he just mean, means that, you know, he's kind of backing up the same point I was making yeah. was that Mahomes makes average receivers will can can elevate those guys by extending a play and and, yeah. and making throws that most guys just can't yeah. um could be talking tyree kill um yeah but uh and i'm sure he'll clarify on this um you know the number and, one playmaker well, is cordell patterson isn't it he's pretty good he's good. he's pretty good i still take the quarterback though oh, yeah. uh and cordell patterson's on three million a year and he's a free agent this year again i i've said if i was the broncos and i'm sitting there with 70 million I'd offer I I'd I'd call up his agent and offer him two years, ten with eight guaranteed. Yeah. And see see what he says. You know, you get you get Cordero Patterson, 10 touches a game in a Broncos offense that spreads the field a little bit. Again, everything I look at with Shermer, everything is so tight. You run four wide receivers and everybody's inside the numbers. I'm like, why are you <sighs> one more game? <laughs> one more game. But Travis coming in with some stars. Appreciate you, Travis. Uh, says Chad and Zach keep bringing up Nathaniel Hackett for our next head coach, uh, offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. I, again, I, I, I've said this before that I get, I get nervous when I see young guys or even old guys making their names with freak show quarterbacks. You know, I watched Charlie Weiss become an arrogant ass after coaching Tom Brady and then flopping at everything else he ever did. Josh McDaniels has pretty much been the same guy. Nathaniel Hackett gives me a little pause. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about his personality, but when you've got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you should be a pretty good offensive coordinator. He gives you options that you just don't have anywhere else. I think part of the appeal there is if you get Hackett, can you get Rodgers? If they're a package deal, yeah. And I, I think that's that's part of the big appeal. If Nathaniel Hackett is over at let's say the Baltimore Ravens right now, is is he the same guy? Um, or who's a middle quarterback? If he's the Tennessee Titans right now, maybe are you still talking about him um, as much? Or is is part of the appeal the fact that we're we're talking about Aaron Rodgers? I think that's a big part of it. Oh, for sure, it's definitely the Aaron Rodgers connection. I will say though, um, I am very impressed with the Lafleur offense there in um, <clears throat> in Green Bay. Uh, they have the fact that they're able to move the ball like they do with. I think they're down four of their top five offensive linemen um, outside of Devonte Adams. I'm not really impressed with the pass catchers. I think it's obviously Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams 
incredible and they make that all look good, but I'm pretty impressed with the scheme as well. And the fact that they were able to get buy-in from a quarterback who uh, might be, have some issues buying in sometimes if he's not fully involved in the process uh, has, is a testament to Hackett as well. So I think he is a viable candidate regardless of uh, the connection to Aaron Rodgers because of that offense and what they can do there. Um, and maybe with that, I brought him up earlier. Maybe you bring in Hackett and his offensive coordinator. You're tying that Kyle Shanahan system in there with uh, Mike McDaniel being the offensive coordinator, some connection there. So we'll see. Um, Shane Daniel saying young guys making a name with freak show quarterbacks, Adam Gase, anyone. Yeah. I mean, that's the Joe thing. Brady. Yeah, Joe, Joe Brady. Brady at LSU. The guys, uh, the guys claim to fame before Joe Brady, Jamar chase and who else? Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, was uh, getting coffee for Sean Payton in New Orleans. That yeah. was that was his big claim to fame. So I, I, I'm a little wary about that. Nick makes some great points about about uh, about Hackett though, and and why he could be different. But again, yeah. my initial thought on a guy like that is, I need to know. I need to do more. I'm not going to just look at the numbers. Yeah. Uh, and the other the other guy here is a quarterback getting elevated by freak show quarterbacks. Uh, is it too early to come for Dabo Sweeney? I'm just asking. I'm just asking questions. Nobody get mad at me. Um, man, that, that was a rough Clemson team this year. They lost a lot of structure. I'm curious to see if uh, Clemson's sun is starting to set a little bit there. Um, but who knows? Who's who's stepping up, though? I mean, in the Florida, ACC. I really think Billy Napier is going to get that Florida program. in. Well, I was going to say, but that's ACC, SEC. I mean, oh. You know, is is can can the Hurricanes come back? Or the Seminoles? Or is it just going to be? Does anybody in the ACC SEC have and everybody else? Is in it, Ohio I mean, State. Yeah, I mean, really, I, 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 I'm not ready to, to to pull the plug on on Clemson just yet. I think they'll be, I think they'll be just fine. I think, I think Dabo's a good coach. I just wonder, you wouldn't begrudge him leaving for Alabama when Nick Saban no. eventually. Of course, Nick Saban's a vampire, so yeah. you know he might not, he might not ever leave. He no. he could be there as the 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 Lord of Darkness for another fifty years. Yeah, I'm sounding the bell. Oklahoma and Clemson, a little bit concerned there. Um, the teams that might. Uh, Step up for them, USC, and uh, I guess further Ohio State. Ohio State's so good. Um, but, yeah, let's keep on it. I like this question from uh, Chevy uh, coming in here, saying the Broncos need to draft a stud defensive tackle. We continually get beat in the trenches. Uh, Chevy, I like your comment here. I like where your head is at. Defensive tackle is my favorite position to evaluate. Uh, but I will say, getting beat in the trenches for the Broncos, it's not just the defensive tackles. That was an issue, but the Broncos are so weak at in the edge position right now. Uh, Bradley Chubb was not himself this season. Malik Reed is one of the worst edge setters in the NFL and run defense. Jonathan Cooper is not a good edge setter either in that position. And then the off ball linebackers. I mean, how much they were shuffling those guys. I really love the athleticism and the size profiles of uh, Jonas Griffith and Baron Browning, but those two guys are pretty weak in the tackle box right now coming downhill, which hurts your run game. Uh, they're not the best at filling to the gap or take us, uh, stacking and shedding blockers, which is one thing that scares me with N'Kobe Dean in this potential defense. So uh defensive tackle, definitely up there, but the run defense, it's it's all of the front seven that needs uh to look in the mirror. And I, I like I like Griffith's long term upside as he learns how to play. Yep. Uh and shed talk we talk about wrestlers and stuff, you know, let's let's send him to MMA camp for the offseason and send him some some jujitsu and wrestling and learn him teach him how to grapple because we're talking about you know N'Kobe Dean Worries me because he's 225 pounds. Uh, Deion Jones, Atlanta Falcons, worries me because he's 205 pounds. Everybody drink. Yeah. You know, Griffiths, 245, 250 pounds, yep. six foot four. He's a beast. He's big. Um, as long as he's not soft, which is possible. I know it sounds crazy. As long as he's not soft, yep. he'll get better. He'll get a lot better. He's 
what what they say I heard on the broadcast he didn't play start playing until his senior year in high school. This, he's a baby. He's a yeah. baby out there. So yeah. love I love the upside there. I, I absolutely do. And, and when you said Chevy, you liked his comment. Uh, this was the one I was going to pull up. So we we both clicked on on Chevy at the same time. So uh, welcome Chevy. I don't I don't recognize the name. So uh, welcome to the show. He says the biggest disappointment on the season was the offensive coordinator. I think they go after Har- Harbaugh. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan Wolverines for head coach. I don't want Rodgers sick of this. Let's get a vet and ro- vet and roll with it. Rodgers has two years max. Let Drew play. Uh, first one on this biggest disappointment on the season was the offensive coordinator. What were your expectations? So when I talk about you know disappointment, how far off his expectation the expectations were? Was he was Shermer? You didn't think he was going to be worth a darn to begin with. You weren't that disappointed with what you saw. Um, Jim Harbaugh just took the Wolverines to their first college playoff, first Final Four berth, and just saw Brian Kelly get a 10-year, $100 million guaranteed contract from LSU. Not only did he see it, more importantly, his agent saw it. His agent is floating names out there to try and get him a new deal at Michigan. I think that's where he ends up. I don't think he's headed back to the NFL. I think you will read that he gets a nice contract extension and a big pay raise. He was already making a ton uh, at Michigan. Uh, I'm sick of the vets, and I'm going to hand it back over to you, Nick. Yeah, but you've never had a vet like Aaron Rodgers. This is a different deal. Two years max. Yeah, but two years of Aaron Rodgers? Come on, man. Yeah. You take that shot. If you can get Aaron Rodgers, you take the shot. Um, I know that he was recently in an interview about Green Bay saying the grass is always greener where you water it. So I think that I think the Aaron Rodgers stuff might be more of a pipe dream. The as more time goes on, I think he's going to return to Green Bay. Uh, But we'll see what happens there. He said green. Yeah, he said green. He said green right there. It's a giveaway. You look like a. Troy says there are no accidents. Did you ever watch It's Always Sunny? I didn't. Okay. There's a scene with uh, Charlie in the mailroom where it's like, it's a conspiracy meme. You've probably seen the picture before, but that's what you kind of looked like there when he said green, like circling it big time, <laughs> like big red marker. Um, yeah. But uh, last guy getting out of here, Kareem Jackson are going to place him. Where do you think the Broncos go uh, internally? Do they have replacements for him? Um, are you looking for anybody? Is this, is this Caden Stern's audition today? I think you, I think you got your one and two, you know, Caden Stern's can step up and play that role just fine. Um, so I think you got your starters. Now you're looking for depth and competition. So yeah. going into it, I don't think it's a big need. What was Caden fifth, fifth round, fourth round, uh, you know, at the I earliest fifth round, what a pick. Yeah. Good what pick. a pick. Good gracious. What a pick. Um, looks better yeah. than uh, Richie Grant. Unfortunately, there were, probably, Scott. there were probably 25. I didn't want, I've said Falcons enough today. Someone said I had yeah. too much coffee. I'm actually cutting back a little bit. I've gone from pouring 24 ounces to like 20 ounces. So, Trying to knock it back just a little bit. It's just pure uh, espresso now. <laughs> so <laughs> the volume's changed. But what a pick! I mean, how many safeties went ahead of him, and how many in a redraft oh. would end up going ahead of him? Um, let me see. Uh, Ruben coming in here a little bit, and we'll, we'll make this quick. Uh, Fangio showing his bias against Drew. Turn it over and start Teddy. If he was good to go to me, that makes no sense. We still don't know what Locke is, but Teddy, we do. Why not just say Locke was going to start? Uh, and this was before Teddy was on the the IR. Um, we, we know who, who he prefers a quarterback, you know, that's everybody's biased. That's, that's what makes us who we are. Yeah. His preference at quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater. That's who he picked as a starter. That's who he was rolling with as a starter. Um, you don't lose your job because injury, uh, assuming you can bring it back. That's kind of an age old adage so that he would back Teddy Bridgewater to play again. 
yeah. uh, is that's that's not a surprise. That, that that that's not a surprise. Yeah, the Teddy Bridgewater stuff. He he would make that decision every time, and you can say that he is biased against Drew Locke. I think he is somewhat biased against Drew Locke because mm-hmm. Vic Fangio views Drew Locke as a detriment to his chances to winning or retaining his job. Um, not. Not totally as the starting quarterback. You want Drew Locke out there as a viable option when things go sideways because he can run your offense and give you a chance. He's one of the top 45 quarterbacks in football any given uh, any given game right now, which is good when you consider there's you know 64 who are either starters or backups. Um, so you want Drew Locke in that way. But I do think that Vic bet on himself, bet on his defense, and said, like, if I can just get average offense ball control from Teddy Bridgewater – I can do enough on defense to win football games and make the playoffs. Did he bet wrong with the gift of hindsight? Yes, he did. I, I think if that's the mindset, he did bet wrong in that sense. But I think that he was going to go down swinging with the defense. And what we saw last year was a quarterback who was a, a detriment to the defense, without a doubt, with the turnovers that he did and putting them in bad situations um, versus what we're seeing this year. So maybe we would have seen Drew Locke be better this year, take steps forward. We don't know. I'm no. not going to argue the counterfactual, but uh they made the decision. And and Ruben, appreciate the stars. Um, and yeah, I, I want to hit one more point because there's this is a, a comment I, I, I hear a lot on uh on this channel on the pod. It says, We still don't know what Drew is. We would have known for sure what Drew was. We would have known. They don't have any obligation to show us. You know, these guys are the and I, I hate the phrase trust the coaches. I hate it. So, but if they feel they know. We already know if I'm sitting there and going, okay, if you're asking me and I'm coach, I'm Fangio, I'm Shermer, I'm Peyton. So, well, we don't know what we've gotten here and I'm sitting there and I'm them. I'm going, yes, we do. We've had him for three years. We know exactly what we've got here and we don't think he's good enough. That doesn't mean they're right, but they don't have to prove it to us. So I, I keep hearing that narrative of, we don't know what we've got with Drew Locke. That might not be true at all. Yeah. yeah. Three starts over three separate seasons. Probably know what you're getting there uh, with him. Can he still improve? Yes. But this is another thing that I want to point out. Just talking about these, these, what's the word? Illogical thought processes. Uh, some people think about these young players with a linear growth curve, you know, just every single year, they take a step forward, boom, 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 taking a step forward, taking a step forward. That's just not the case. You know, for the year, year, we talk about variance uh, game to game. It's true year to year. I mean, if Patrick Mahomes was going to continue taking a linear growth perspective um, from his second season where he won the MVP to uh, the year after that, to the year after that, we're talking about breaking uh, all time trend records. I mean, it's not even close. He already is doing that, but he's actually taken statistical steps backwards uh, these last couple seasons. He's still elite, but uh, he's kind of stepped backwards some. Um, Josh Allen last year, MVP conversation, been good this year, taking a statistical step backwards. Baker Mayfield, um, talk about a guy whose linear growth is not there at all. So the thought process that year after year, your quarterback is going to get that much better with reps is just, that's not how it works. People looking for reason or like it makes sense logically that the more reps you get, the better you're going to be, but doesn't tend to work out that way in the real world. So uh, real quick on this, because Mike, Mike had a couple of points on this. Uh, Shane uh, coming in says, Mike Shannon always said you evaluate a QB in his third year. Drew Locke never got his third year. My, my main point on that one on Mike Shanahan, I was 30 years ago. Mike Shanahan was three decades ago. Games changed. I mean, it's, it is the, the proliferation of the seven on sevens, the year round football. It's, it's different now. Um, and, and two, not every quarterback gets three years because they didn't earn 
the third year. So listen, I, I, I think Drew Locke is fine. I have advocated for keeping him next year, for sure. Letting him compete for the starting position. Absolutely. What I've said before is I don't like revisionist history. You know, Drew Locke hasn't shown anything to this point that he would be a plus starter in this league. And if he hasn't gotten his chance, well, has he earned his chance? You don't owe him anything. Nope. We owe him that chance. We took him in the second round. So what? He's got more it's, of a it's chance. It's up to them. And, and frankly, I have been very pleased with what I've seen out of Drew Locke this year. So, yeah. well, <laughs> again, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I just want to bring some balance to a very polarizing subject that it isn't one way or the other. If he had played, he wouldn't be an all-pro. That's not a fact. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the, the fact that he played before, he didn't show that he was an all-pro in the past, and then he just got benched. He was in the 30s last year. Yep. So, anyway. Yep, and he had a chance this offseason. I know there's some eye-rolling out there, uh, but uh, if Teddy Bridgewater is as milk toast as a lot of people say, um, Drew Locke had a chance in the competition to, make it, to leave no doubt, um, and there was doubt, and that means, especially if you're judging him against Teddy Bridgewater and what he's been this season, well, probably not enough. And probably typically enough. you've got to knock out the incumbent, which means yeah. that, again, the bias, yeah, they, they'd already had their minds made up about Drew Locke. Yep. The competition was close based on what we saw Competition was very close. Now, again, what we don't see is pre-snap reads, adjustments at the line of scrimmage, that type of thing. But as far as the actual play, yeah, it was close. And normally the younger incumbent will keep his job. Yeah. So they, again, we say, well, we would have known what we got. The people in charge of the Denver Broncos feel like they already know. And they don't have to prove it to us. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's a fine quarterback. And I think he's done as, as well as anybody could have hoped these last two weeks, given the circumstances. And uh, I like Drew the person. So hopefully he goes well and plays a good game against the Chiefs and can be healthy. I feel bad for him with that shoulder injury. God, put him right back out there to run that Philly special after he gets his shoulder hurt. It's just, uh, come on, Shermer, what are we doing? Uh, the DW, DWI guys, I know what we're doing in here, supporting the heck out of us. Another big-time uh, contri uh, contribution for the show. Um, as he says, another contribution to the Fire Fangio Fund. <laughs> On that note, does Peyton have full authority to hire a new head coach, or does LA and Ellis still have a say? It does sound like Ellis is going to have a say if they do fire the coach, um, which is unfortunate but he's still the acting president of the team uh in a sense with uh in charge of the trust so uh ellis will still have a uh, say i think elway will still have some of a say as well but elway's um moving in the back scenes more so than ellis is until the ownership situation changes uh ethan can't can't say enough you've you've made this help make this show what it is i mean yeah. for Gosh. sure um, it's a, it's a very, it's become a very popular, this is, you know, we've got almost 200 people watching right now. We used to start with 30 or 40, uh, and it's growing and growing and, uh, you help make the show viable. Can't, cannot thank you enough. Trevor, uh, appreciate you coming in with a comment. I heard from Cliss that Locke is probably going to be used in a trade. Uh, I'm not sure if you can, if you throw him in, you're not, if you're, if you're, you're not going to package him with, uh, to the Packers, they wouldn't want him. Seahawks might. The Seahawks might. They're a rebuilding team that could use a, a young quarterback like that. The Falcons, well, I wouldn't mind seeing Drew Locke throwing the ball around to the Falcons right now. He'd get absolutely killed. He loses um, his mind under, under pressure. So yeah, he, I mean, he, he'd get killed. He, Matt Ryan holds onto the ball a little bit too long, but still knows how to get out, in and out of reads and do all the things to try and protect himself. It's amazing how healthy he's been in 15 years. I think mean, he's missed one game in 15 yeah. seasons it's insane for a guy that's a pocket guy um but if you're gonna do that um you're gonna have to go to somebody that's that's rebuilding 
you know, mm-hmm. look look at those top those bottom ten teams and 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 what they might want to give up. Uh, and Chevy coming back and saying, okay, before y'all go, if you get if you can't get Rogers or Wilson, what do we do? Roll with Teddy again? No thanks. I go for the next best free agent I can or uh, free agent trade. I'm I'm calling everybody yeah. that that I can get. I'm calling Kirk Cousins. I'm calling Matt Ryan. I'm calling all these guys. I'm going to work my way down the board of avail of quarterbacks who might even have a chance of being available on my ranking list because I've got draft capital and I got money to to make it very interesting. And I'm going to get the best veteran quarterback I can, and I'm going to draft a guy. And then I'm going to bring those three into camp. I'm going to keep, I'll I'll keep drew lock. Like I said, the the worst case scenario right now should be that drew lock is your starter next year. That's not that bad. If that's as bad as it gets, You've got a building block and a starting place where you can then move forward and try and move this team forward. You'd like to have a little bit more assurance than that. I'd like to have to know I've got something rather than we think we might have something. He could be this. He should be yeah. this. He might be that. I'd rather be a little more sure about it. But if Drew Locke is as bad as it gets, and right now he's the only guy under contract and he could be the starter next year, it shouldn't be any worse. So if that's as bad as it gets, you, sh- you should be all right. Yeah, I mean, pro- maybe not making no, the playoffs. Teddy's not being gonna. It's not gonna be Teddy. Yeah, I would be shocked if it was Teddy. Uh, I think that he, unfortunately, I think that he's ready to move on from Denver as well because I don't think that he has had the best time with uh, some of the fan interaction going on there uh, with Teddy. Good guy, but um, he had to delete his social media because he couldn't handle it anymore because there was pretty toxic. Um, so that's rough. Um, you said that the worst case is Drew Locke starting. I think that I need to know what else happened to the quarterback position around it. Cause if the Broncos traded up into like the top five and took Kenny Pickett and Kenny Pickett is like throwing pick after pick after pick in practice and be like, okay, I guess we have to play Drew Locke. Then I'm, I'm, then I'm upset. I'm, I'm very upset then um, because that means that uh, you not only gave up extra capital to go up and get a quarterback in a class that I'm not that fond of, but yeah, they worst were so case bad. Is you blow a high pick and you know, then, Drew Locke is your starter. Yes. But, that that's a risk with every position, yeah. every draft that yep. you you miss on that guy. That's always a risk. So I'm not I'm not I wasn't counting that one. But it's the uh, trade-up royalty yeah. with the the good comments. Is it me or some Bronco fans more excited for the off season than the regular season? That that po- that that gives a very oh. clear indication of what you think about the direction that the Broncos have been under Vic Fangio. Yeah, meh. At best, meh. Anger's turning to apathy quickly. And if they don't make a change, anger will turn to apathy and, and you'll lose half of Broncos country for 2022. On the other That's side of things, I, on the other That's side, I'll worst go, case. I agree with you. That is worst case. I think it's going to be pretty ugly in the stands this week. Um, I will say on the other side of the coin of this one, it's uh, optimism. Broncos have a chance to go out there and get a quarterback this season because they have extra cap, draft capital because they have extra cap space. And I also think it's some belief and read, uh, rejuvenation with the general manager. I mean, we just saw what uh, he did in that 2021 draft class. Now we have five top 100 picks. What's he going to do this year? I can't wait and see. Um, you have to get the quarterback position right eventually, but uh, you got to trust. Uh, you got to be excited about what Peyton's doing as far as the building block and the talent evaluation side of things, not only on the draft side, I guess it's the uh, back end um, trades in the uh, building the roster as well. I mean, Jonas Griffith, what a get Steven Weatherly, what a get. Um, some of these guys on that side have been pretty darn good. Uh, so we'll see. I want to get to this one from Clee here real quick. Uh, Clee to the T, change his name there. Uh, Zayvon Collins has 22 tackles this season. Trade Judy for him straight up, LOL. Um, no, first off, no. But this is one where I just want to kind of 
give some of my thought process in general on where I'm at as a, an evaluator and kind of doing the money ball side of things with positions of value. Uh, Micah Parsons, he gets after the quarterback. He gets after the passer. He's rushing 300 pass snaps a year. Uh, if I When he was coming out, I said, maybe Micah Parsons would be the best edge rusher in this upcoming class. Um, and I'm loving how Dallas is using him because they're not using him on the edge in those obvious rundowns. So you don't have to worry about the length as much for him. And then they reduce him down to the line of scrimmage to pass rush. So it was Micah Parsons, he's a hit for the linebacker draft. However, you have somebody like Zayvon Collins and Jameen Davis for a Washington football team who have been bad this season. Jameen Davis has actually been uh, replaced. He's uh, on the bench for the rest of the season because he got, uh, I think he got injured. And then uh, the linebacker who took his place took over and was better than him. So this is always the double-sided coin when you draft positions of non, non-elite value uh, in the first round. Because if you get an average linebacker with your first round pick, it's not the end of the world. But you can find an average linebacker day two, day th- day three uh, in the draft. It's harder to find even an average offensive tackle, an average edge rusher, an average cornerback. So that's why position of value is baked into draft rankings and why I see a lot of these positions go earlier. And which is why we're also a little more excited about what you got with Jonathan Cooper. That's like a freebie. Yeah. You know, yep. getting a getting a guy who can contribute in the sixth round at edge. That's that's bonus uh, that you just double down and hit on that one. That's that's great. And then, a, you know, being able to get serviceable players like Caden Stearns uh, in the fifth at safety. Awesome. Yep. Uh, that's great. But again, going back to uh, going back to the comment about people being more excited, that, that's the hope factor. Yeah. One, the NFL bakes that in anyway by uh, forced parity, by rewarding losers instead of uh, rewarding ambition. They actually punish ambition and reward losing, um, which is just un-American. And uh the other part of that is it's the hope factor. You know, the draft, the free agency, I've, I've said it for 20-something years that I've been doing this, is that's what we love. That's what gets us going. It's it's the hope. It's the, Who's going to get us out of this mess? There's a whole bunch of hope coming this way. And uh, when you've got the resources to take advantage of that, like the Denver Broncos do, it should be an exciting offseason. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah. No, absolutely. We should be excited. There's a lot that we can talk about. See the linebacker discourse is starting to take off there, but uh, we got to get on out of here. We're already at over an hour and uh sun is not up yet here. Today. I know it, it did flu- uh, fly by today. It's fun to talk about. Uh, again, want to shout out to Teddy Bridgewater, Dalton Reisner and Kareem Jackson, whose season has ended at the, uh, for the Denver Broncos, potentially career ending for Kareem Jackson, maybe because just his age, you know, I could see him walk off and probably the end of the line for Teddy Bridgewater in Denver. What a, uh, what a forgettable season overall, but a season that hopefully can propel this team going forward with a lot of young players and uh, draft capital and assets going forward. Uh, this team, while the quarterback play was not what they wanted this season, uh, the trenches were not what we wanted this season. I definitely think they have the building blocks for guys to be excited about. And, uh, Scott, did you see that thing I tweeted out yesterday? It's from uh, Brian Knowles, who tweeted that um, he did a graphic of what every team's record would be if their one possession games were flipped. Does that make sense? So, like a lot, a lot of times in the NFL, the one possession games, you can either blame them on coaching or I you didn't can. See there, it, there's but a I lot of Falcons are seven and two and have seven wins. Yes, so they'd yeah, be um, two so and fourteen. Two and fourteen. The Falcons with the worst record in football. If you uh, flip all those one score games, that's one reason I think DVOA is so low on the Falcons comparatively because they oh, they they got worse in every single metric this year except wins. Yep, which is the one that matters. Yeah, but I, predictive wise, you would I would assume you would see a step back from the Falcons. The, like if you replayed this season, you probably see them lose more games just because those one score games a lot of times are 
static noise um, side to side. The Broncos this year, one score games. You can blame this on coaching. You can blame this on the quarterback somewhat, or you can just blame it on uh, bad luck. Cause sometimes those one score games, you, there's a little bit of luck factor in that Broncos. If you flipped all the one score games, they'd have the numbers five seed in the football right now and be 10 and six. So when you talk about uh, people rolling their eyes with Melvin Gordon saying, this is a super bowl caliber team, um, the one score games, which you typically know, again, coin flips, uh, could, could go the other way. You you asked me before, you know, you switch quarterbacks on this team. If Matt Ryan is in in uh, Denver, what's the record? And, you know, that was that was when it was 12 games in. Yeah. And I was like, you know, nine and three. This team is considerably better yeah. uh, because they're playing some close games and they're losing all of them. He would be the difference in this team and help out the defense. The defense would be better with, with better quarterback because your offense would be more complimentary. And Shane, real quick. Uh, if they do roll with a lot next year and he does well, do you franchise him for the following year to get another look at him or re-sign him long-term? Uh, if, if he ends up being that type of guy, you try and get him an extension because if I'm not mistaken, a franchise tag is the average of the top five salaries um, on a one-year deal. So top five salaries in 2021, Patrick Mahomes, $45 million. Josh Allen, $43 million. Dak Prescott, forty million. Deshaun Watson, thirty-nine million, and Russell Wilson, thirty-five million. Are you going to put a one-year tag on Drew Locke for forty million dollars? No, you are not. Nope. You'll uh, you could get him three for twelve. Um, yeah. So no, you wouldn't use a franchise tag. You would hold that franchise tag, hoping that Bradley Chubb has a twenty-sack year next year. Yeah. Then I'm going to franchise him. Yep. Uh, the other one to watch out for for that franchise tag is uh, Draymond Jones then you can probably save some money too because the mm -hmm. interior defensive linemen are not paid like the edge rushers. So maybe you work out something for Chubb and then tag Jones. Um, Colin, this one made me, oh, DWI guys first. Nick, the money ball, Paul DePest, uh, Paul D. Podesta. Love it. You know, it's, uh, I'm all about uh, methodology, right? You want to have a good process. So that way your results, even if they're not great, uh, end up being better more times than not to give yourself an edge. And I think that the money ball side of things, obviously it comes down to the individual talent. It always does. Um, but if you want to bake yourself in, give yourself a little bit of chance, um, you want to look for those edges. And, and I want as much info as I can get. I want to know the numbers and I want to see what my eyes tell me. And I want to try and back them up. If you know, this guy's got bad numbers. Why this guy's got great numbers. Why? Show mm -hmm. me the data, but then also show me the game. I, I don't I don't think, again, polarizing. There's a balance to be had there. You, yeah. you take as much information as you can possibly get. And guess what? You're still going to miss That's human the beings thing. here. Overconfidence in the evaluation, I think, is another thing, which is why you want to lean back into the net, the averages. Um, this one made me laugh, Colin. Shout out to Colin Wood. Uh, if Locke won the Super Bowl, Nick would say anybody can win just one. He needs to do it again. Uh, <laughs> I need to see what that Super Bowl look like. looks like. Uh, if you want it like the Peyton Manning in 2015, I might say uh, not so fast, my friends, uh, because that I was a cut uh, Trent Dilfer the day after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I need to see what it looks like. Um, but uh, I would be very happy for Locke and the Broncos if that happened. Um, but I, I'm hoping that Locke plays well in this last game and whatever happens to him, I'm wishing him the best. I'm ready in general for a clean break for the, from this quarterback room and uh, direction forward, but uh, we'll see what happens. And God, Scott, I know you got to get out of here real quick. Um, like I said yesterday, I watched all the Sam Howell tape that was available to me, um, probably like two and a half hours, uh, three hours. I didn't have the all 22 for every single one of the games. When do you but, find the time? Um, my wife is working on writing a grant application. So I came home and I was told to be quiet and be elsewhere. And <laughs> that means it's time to watch football. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, no, I watched a lot of Sam Howell. Um, Sam Howell, some uh, thoughts on him. I think he's a solid athlete. I'm very concerned about how they used him in the run game um, because it was a lot of quarterback power and a quarterback draws. 
and I know they did a lot of rushing yards this year, but it's not a translatable statistical uh, ability for him in the NFL, but he is thick. He is strong. And um, I really like his uh, toughness. He's one who's going to lower the shoulder and get yards. I I watched one game on him. I don't even remember who was against. It was probably the pit game. Can you pick it? It might've been. I I don't even remember who was against. I just remember thinking, I like the way this guy throws the ball. Um, I want to see more again. You wet my appetite. Now I want to see more. Now it's time to see more. Now's the time, you know, over the course of the next, you know, you, you, you put them on your list. Yep. He made the list. I didn't cross him off. He made the list. I want to see more, but I, I liked what I saw. I'm like, I think we might be selling this guy a little short. Yeah. Uh, We're talking about there, there aren't any guys in this, in this class. So uh, I I liked what I saw on my initial, initial, the the gut reaction. Yeah. um, Some more with uh, Sam Howell. Um, going to be the youngest player. He's only 21 years old, youngest player in this class um, for the quarterback position that I've that I've come across yet. Um, I really like his ability to navigate the pocket in short spaces and give himself a buy, find space and buy space in a window where he can make throws in uh, when it's dirty around him. He does not panic. He does not duck his eyes in that sense, which is a really big skill. Um, the ability to play and have just a comp. Uh, What's the word of calmness in the pocket is huge. You don't see that with every single quarterback sometimes not to bury drew lock, but like when pressure came around drew lock, you could see the panic His his mechanics would get wonky and things would kind of go haywire for him. I think he's been a little bit better with that this season. So good for him. The feet, um, the feet get a little nervous. Yes, they do. The, yep, they do. They and do. I said, if you're Peyton Manning, that's okay. But yep. you know, Peyton always had the happy feet. Yeah. Um, yep. He always looked nervous back there, but he wasn't, that was just who he was. Yep. The, for, uh, for Howell though, um, I feel like his down the field accuracy maybe leaves some work. Now, some of this is because Phil Luongo's offensive scheme is absolutely garbage. I hate what he does. I hated him at Ole Miss and I don't like him at North Carolina. Um, but I guess shout out to Sam Howell for a lot of those deep throws. They are meant to be okay. Put it in a place where only your receiver can get it and no defender can get it. So there's a lot of those kind of throws, um, which how translatable is that to the NFL? I don't know. Um, I talk about, uh, Howell being very good with pressure coming. There's a caveat though. He is absolutely terrible at pre-snap reads for pressure. Mm-hmm. If there's any sort of blitz packages or anything like that, that's coming, he is going to treat it like it's a three man rush or a four man rush every time. See, I that's, don't know. If- that's what I loved about Mac Jones. The part that you can't measure is when I saw him with pressure in his face, he was really, really good at Alabama. Really yeah. good. Uh, so that was one of the things I really liked. And, and you, you've got accuracy and calmness with a rush in your face you got a chance to be a pretty good quarterback. Yep. It's just the pre-snap stuff. I don't know if it's there at all right now for him, um, especially the pressure. There's no adjustment there. He doesn't look like there's any sense of urgency when it's obvious that they're bringing heat. Um, so that's something that concerns me a bit. Again, is that some somewhat to do with the offense, not giving him audibles of the line or not working in check downs that make sense uh, from the play packages? I don't know. I don't really like Phil Luongo's offense at all. Um, and we talked about a comment here saying, um, Josh Downs is his only okay weapon in that offense. I'll push back a little bit on that. Um, I was pretty impressed with, uh, he's actually a uh, a senior this season, but number three, Antonio Green. I think he's going to get a chance to, uh, he might not be, he'll be a day three pick, but I think he's going to get a chance in the league as well. I was pretty impressed with uh, his play as well. So looking out for, um, looking, is this another new one? No, right. Oh, I was, as we're getting out of here, I thought it was worth bringing yeah. up again uh, for multiple reasons. Just again, for us to show the support and, you know, yep. If you're gonna if you're gonna uh, drop a big red super like that and and have a a, a cause and a calling like the the hashtag triple F, show it again on the way out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, final thoughts on Sam Howell, NFL arm, 
thick, uh, very thick guy. Um, probably needs to work on his downfield accuracy a little bit, but there are some throws that are like 20 yards down the field, but they're opposite hash mark and the hashes in the college for you guys at home hashes in college are wider than they are in the NFL. So the opposite field throw from the, the hash mark is even more impressive because it really shows that uh, intermediate accuracy and ability to hit some weird, uh, tough windows. He did that a few times. So color me intrigued, uh, with Sam Howell. I don't think I would spend a top 20 pick on him out of the gate, but, um, if the Broncos can go out there and get a. Ike McQuanu in the first round, an uh, offensive lineman, and then trade back up into the first round and uh, get Sam Howell. I think I would be on board. I really do. Well, good. I look forward to to seeing him now. Is he a senior? Will Will he be at the Senior Bowl? Um, he graduated early. He's a junior, okay. only twenty one years old, but he got enough accreditation uh, where he's eligible and will be at the Senior Bowl. Out of the okay, top good. six quarterbacks, good. the only one not there is Matt Corral. Yeah, I took a quick glimpse and I was like, oh yeah, I felt like five of the guys I wanted to see were there. So okay, yeah. good. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I just spent a lot of time watching Sam Howell last night. There's more to it as well, but uh wanted to give you the the tidbit. I think I'll probably do another quarterback um, next Monday. Who do we think? Who, do, who should I do? Who should we talk about? I, I think I like Malik Willis. Um, and then uh, I, I we get a lot of com- questions about Carson Strong. Carson Strong. Maybe we'll do Carson Strong because I think I'm going to have a hard time finding uh, Liberty football that I'm not going to have to watch entire games for. So then um, that makes sense. We'll probably save Matt Corral for later uh, because he's the one that's not going to be at the senior bowl. We want to get through all these senior bowl quarterbacks. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us today. That would be uh, it's amazing that you want to hang out with us. Um, we're going to do it again on Monday after the Broncos season is concluded and we'll keep at it for Finish a bit with the offseason talk. Could be, yeah. it could be uh rumors and preview. It, yeah. There's a chance it could be an aftermath show yeah. and there's a chance it could be a preview show, but Monday and Tuesday of next week should be real interesting shows for us. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully we'll have some fun stuff to talk about, but uh, either way, we're going to be here. Well, you guys will make it fun and we'll do our best to make it fun with you. Uh, follow Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at huddle at pod and at mile high huddle. If you guys are on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, become a supporter as well as join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys haven't done so yet, make sure you're going to iTunes after the fact, whether you're joining us now live or listening to it um, later on, make sure you go to huddle up podcast, leave a five-star review and a comment, and we will get to those and read those on air um, as they come in. I, like I said, I like the ones that say like Scott's a genius. I love the football priests. Eric knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Nick is a piece of human garbage. Like th- those ones always make me oh, laugh. Come on now. <laughs> People don't know you're kidding. Be nice. Be nice I, uh, out there. I, uh, no I, they still make me laugh. Yeah, give, us kind- yeah, give, us the, give us the clothes. Yeah. Give us the clothes on this show. Make kindness. sure you guys are subscribing, liking and sharing to mile high huddle. Also pick a youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, you guys have a great day. It's raining here in Seattle, but it's going to be 50 degrees. So I'm happy because it's been so freaking cold here. Um, and, um, uh, you guys have a great one. Denver. Yeah. A little, oh <laughs> uh, gosh, we need some rain, more, more rain in Denver. Um, you guys have a great one. We love you. Choose kindness, choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>